Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 359 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We're reading Revelation 19 today, one of my favorite chapters, and our focus is on, will Jesus return meek and mild as a servant? Plus part two of our extended, very extended talk on Is the organized church the whore of Babylon? Is the institutional church Babylon the great? Well, today is part two of a two-part episode, by the way, and don't listen to this episode without listening to episode 358, Is the Institutional Church the Whore of Babylon? Uh, But, you know, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense unless you listen to episode 358 first. Now, before we get into part two of our discussion... Let's look at something even better and more important than that, and that is what will Jesus be like when he returns? And Revelation 19 gives us a excellent, heart-stirring description, and I want to go ahead and read it, and we get to read it twice today, and that's just awesome. Verse 11 says, I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and with justice he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a fiery flame, and many crowns were on his head. He had a name written that no one knows except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses wearing pure white linen. A sharp sword came from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God the Almighty. And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So will Jesus' return be anything like his first coming? And the answer is no, it does not appear so at all. Jesus first came as a helpless babe, born of a virgin woman, fully God and yet bearing the weaknesses of humanity. He came meek and mild as a servant who washed filthy feet, and he was born into the most humble of circumstances. Oh, Merry Christmas, by the way. And when he returns, the circumstances will be vastly different, right? He's going to return as a mighty warrior and an unquestioned king of kings, riding a mighty war horse and bearing a sharp and powerful sword and leading an army of heavenly warriors. This time, he comes to rule and reign as a warrior king. All hail King Jesus. Well, before the return of Jesus, the mighty rider on the white horse, we see more about the fall of Babylon the Great in our chapter. And uh, let's start with uh, verse 1 through 2. It says, After this I heard something like the loud voice of a vast multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, glory, and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous, because he has judged the notorious prostitute who has corrupted the earth with her sexual immorality. He has avenged the blood of his servants that was on her hands. And a second time they said, Hallelujah. And then after that, if you keep going, the 24 elders and the living creatures fell and worshiped God, saying, Hallelujah, Amen. So marvel at this fact, dear friends. The downfall of Babylon the Great, the notorious prostitute, the whore of Babylon, is so noteworthy, so important, that all of heaven, a vast multitude, rejoices in her fall. And that's just incredible. And it brings us back to our question from yesterday. Is Babylon the Great, the notorious prostitute, the whore of Babylon, is that a metaphor or a code word for the current institutional church or organized church? In other words, to give it some names and faces, 
are all the places that have borne the name church over the years, like, for instance, Metropolitan Tabernacle, pastored by Charles Spurgeon, Westminster Chapel, pastored by David Martin Lloyd-Jones, the churches in England, pastored by George Mueller, First Baptist Fairhope, pastored by Paul Martin, Agape Baptist, now pastored by my dear friend David, and Valley Baptist, pastored by me, are all of these churches in many hundreds of thousands of more all part of the satanically controlled Babylon the Great, which is so evil and corrupt that literally all of heaven will rejoice multiple times when that entity is destroyed by fire. Are all of the churches that were helped and served by Watchman Nee, are they part of the whore of Babylon? By the way, Nee wrote about the, his work among the ecclesias or churches in China. He says, when the Lord called me to serve him, the prime object was not for me to hold revival meetings so that people may hear more spiritual doctrines, nor for me to become a great evangelist. The Lord revealed to me that he wanted to build up local churches and other localities to manifest himself, to bear testimony of unity on the ground of local churches so that each saint may perform his duty in the church and live the church life. God wants not merely individual pursuit of victory or spirituality, but a corporate, glorious church presented to himself. And yes and amen. And again, go back to the discussion we had yesterday about ecclesia and church. I believe we could translate the word ecclesia better than by using the word church. It definitely refers to a group of people. Well, the claims of Charles Newbold, the one whose book we discussed yesterday, and those like him, that all of the organized and institutional churches or the War of Babylon, or Babylon the Great, doomed to be destroyed by God in a fire that all of heaven will rejoice over. Well, these claims are remarkable, and remarkable claims require remarkable evidence. Think of it this way. If you are going to call a human female a prostitute, and I don't think you should do that ever, you'd better be beyond sure that your evidence is airtight because such a statement is slanderous and hurtful and maybe worse than that, if not. If you are going to call a whole bunch of people, like millions of people, as part of the great notorious prostitute, then you'd better have even greater evidence because such a massive accusation, if wrong, in other words, if the people you are saying are part of the whore of Babylon, the notorious prostitute, if you're saying that and you're wrong about that, you've just slandered literally millions of people. And that's a bad idea, according to Titus 3.1, which says, Remind the people to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Or how about Matthew fifteen nineteen? For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. And look, so if you're calling millions of people and bunches of groups of people uh, a spiritual whore that's going to be judged by heaven and angels are going to rejoice over that judgment, and you're wrong, then that's a huge deal. So what does the Bible say? Well, let's read four passages from Revelation 17 through 19. I don't know, maybe we'll read five. Let's see if they apply possibly to the institutional church. How about Revelation 17, 18, where John is told, the woman you saw is the great city that has royal power over the kings of the earth. 
Does that sound like the current institutional or organized church? How about Revelation 18, 1 and 2? Babylon the Great is fallen. She's become a home for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit. Uh, All the nations have drunk the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath. The kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her, and the merchants of earth have grown wealthy from her sensuality and excess. Well... I don't see how that passage in any way, shape, or form could apply to the institutional church. I mean, have some merchants grown rich off of Christians? I suppose so. Like people who wrote books like Left Behind, I imagine they did pretty well with that. Uh, businesses like the Baptist bookstore, you know, they made their money for a while. Of course, they're bankrupt and closed now. But um, have merchants made money off of Christians? Yes, sure. But could you say the kings of the earth committed sexual immorality with people like the churches and the merchants of the earth have grown wealthy from her sensuality and excess? Could you say that? I don't know. How about Revelation 18, 9 through 11? The kings of the earth who have committed sexual immorality and shared her sensual and excessive ways will weep and mourn over her when they see the smoke from her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment saying, whoa, whoa, the great city. Babylon, the mighty city, for in a single hour your judgment has come. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargo any longer. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet, all kinds of fragrant wood products, objects of ivory, objects of expensive wood, brass, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, and frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, and grain, cattle, and sheep, Horses and carriages and slaves, human lives. Well, is that talking about the current group of people around the earth who go to a place called church? Honestly, I cannot bend Revelation 18, 9 through 11, even with a pretty good imagination. I can't bend it to make that refer to the institutional church. Well, one more. Uh, Revelation, oh no, no, two more. Revelation 18, 17 through 21. Again, ask yourself, does this apply apply to the institutional church? Every shipmaster, seafarer, the sailors, and all who do business by the sea stood far off as they watched the smoke from her burning and kept crying out, who was like the great city? They threw dust on their heads and kept crying out, weeping and mourning, whoa, whoa, the great city, where all those who have ships on the sea become rich from her wealth, For in a single hour she was destroyed. Rejoice over her, heaven, and you saints, apostles, and prophets, because God has pronounced on her the judgment she passed on you. Then then a mighty angel picked up a stone like a large millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, In this way Babylon, the great city, will be thrown down violently and never be found again. One more. Again, as you're listening, ask yourself, is this the organized church, the institutional church, After this, I heard something like the loud voice of a vast multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, glory, and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous because he has judged the notorious prostitute 
who corrupted the earth with her sexual immorality, and he has avenged the blood of his servants that was on her hands. Okay, now I I realize I'm repeating myself over and over again, and we're not covering everything in Revelation 17 through 19. But the question is, do these passages seem like they are describing all of the groups of people in the world collectively that call themselves churches taken together? I, it seems virtually impossible to me. I don't, really see a shred of evidence in Revelation 17 through 19, the only passages in the Bible that directly refer to Babylon the Great, the Whore of Babylon, in the way these do. I don't see a shred of evidence that points in the direction that this is referring to the institutional church. And reading through Newbold's book, which I did not read the whole of, I will be honest, but I cannot find a clear case in that book uh, from the Bible that shows how the organized church could be the whore of Babylon. Like, he doesn't make that case. It's almost like he just sort of assumes it. But we don't have to read the whole book to determine whether or not that's right. We just read all of the scriptures, which we've done the last few days. And I think the scripture itself rules out this outlandish conclusion. And I would encourage you to read and reread these chapters and see what conclusion you come to based on the evidence of the word and what the word is actually saying. Now, you might say, well, why are you spending two uh, days of the podcast on this obscure book? Well, it's not about the book. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it's not that obscure. I'm not trying to say anything bad about the author of the book, but I will tell you, I've heard this viewpoint of the current church from many different places, many different cities. I know people in this city, Salinas, who hold that view. I know people in the city I came from that hold that view. I hold. I know people around the world that hold that view, that view. And I don't believe the Bible teaches in any way, shape, or form that the institutional organized church is Babylon the Great, the entity that heaven will be rejoicing over when she is judged and destroyed in a day. And you read the scriptures and see if you can find evidence for that. Now that said, does this mean that I think the institutional organized church is doing a great and awesome job right now? Absolutely not. So many individual ecclesias and denominations have deviated from God's word in multiple dangerous ways. There is much excessive compromise and corruption and abuse in the churches now. And the churches are being judged for that and called out for that. And rightly so. Many churches, including my own denomination, have had scandals of abuse and other things. And my question is, does that make the whole thing illegitimate? I don't believe so. I don't believe so, but I certainly believe that there will be many more churches and movements that will be judged like the churches in the first parts of Revelation. Jesus himself will shut down and judge some churches, leaders and denominations and groups of churches, just like he promised to do in Revelation 1 through 3. But Like Smyrna in Philadelphia, some groups of believers, whether they call themselves church or ecclesia or chapel or fellowship or assembly or whatever, will persevere by his grace and be faithful. Whether they're in buildings or not in buildings, where they have a pastor or a group of elders or they just meet in somebody's home, whatever, there will be groups of believers, again, whether they label themselves churches or not, like the ecclesia at Smyrna, and like the ecclesia at Philadelphia, who will be faithful. They will persevere by 
the grace of Jesus and by his strength, not by their power or character, but by the upholding of his Holy Spirit and the undergirding of his word. That will happen. It is happening. It has happened for centuries that God has maintained faithful groups of believers in his ecclesia, and he will continue to do that. Well, well, I just kind of got carried away there. This is probably going to be like a 22-minute episode. Uh, Shorter episode tomorrow, I promise. Let's read our chapter. It is, of course, Revelation chapter 19, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. After this, I heard something like the loud voice of a vast multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation, glory, and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous, because he has judged the notorious prostitute who corrupted the earth with her sexual immorality, and he has avenged the blood of his servants that was on her hands. A second time they said, Hallelujah, her smoke ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. A voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all his servants and the ones who fear him, both small and great. Then I heard something like the voice of a vast multitude, like the sound of cascading waters and like the rumbling of loud thunder saying, Hallelujah, because our Lord God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad, rejoice, and give him glory, because the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has prepared herself. She was given fine linen to wear, bright and pure, for the fine linen represents the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. He also said to me, These words of God are true. Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who hold firmly to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven open, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and with justice he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a fiery flame, and many crowns were on his head. He had a name written that no one knows except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses, wearing pure white linen. A sharp sword came from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God the Almighty. And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he called out in a loud voice, saying, To all the birds flying overhead, come, gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of military commanders, the flesh of the mighty, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of everyone, both free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and against his army. But the beast was taken prisoner, and along with it the false prophet, who had performed the signs in its presence. He deceived those who accepted the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image with these signs. Both of them were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. The rest were killed with the sword that came from the mouth of the rider on the horse, and all the birds ate their fill of their flesh. Wow. Okay. That is an intense intense chapter. Blessed be the name of the Lord and King Jesus. Let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of December, which is Revelation 5.12. It says this, They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And yes, He is worthy. Follow Him, my friends, no matter what group you are part of. 
He is Lord, he is Savior, he is King, and he is coming soon. Good day to you and Godspeed.